this show was supposed to explain what this podcast was going to be about. What I wanted to talk about. Instead, for my first official episode, I'm talking about the celebration and appreciation of how valuable life is, how fragile life is, and how we must go about our lives every day like it may be our last. Sunday was a tragic day. Nine lives were lost in a horrific helicopter crash. My thoughts and prayers and condolences are with the Altabelli families, the Chester family, the Mauser family, the Zobayan family, and the Bryant family. Their lives are forever changed. Their families, the loved ones and the friends, what they must go through now. Today I wanted to briefly touch on the life of Kobe Bryant and how many lives his life impacted. There's not a number to capture his impact. There's not a word or a phrase or just a simple sentence to summarize what he meant to some to some people. Players across the league and the NBA struggled to find the words. They struggled to even play on that day and still are finding it hard to even make it through. Kobe was an icon. He played for 20 years for the same team in one city, wearing two jerseys, the Los Angeles Lakers and Team USA. His impact and influence transcended past just the game of basketball. His devotion for basketball sent sound waves through all of the sport. Players and coaches and fans grew to see it and appreciate it over time. I personally am relieved that even with such tragic passing and such a early, early age, that Kobe got his flowers while he was living. My friend Mia Me, host of the Hot Take Season, said it best. We share a common like and fanship for the Dallas Mavericks. You know, for my first episode, it was a, practically a Maverick recap. We knew as Maverick fans back when Kobe was playing, we knew didn't matter if it was eight or 24, afro, low cut, or bald. We saw him on the court. Our Maverick team was in for a long night. Didn't matter how good our team was. More times than not, Kobe gave it to us. He gave it to a lot of teams. 
that's just the competitive edge he played with. He wanted to be just like Mike. And no, that's not cliche. He literally wanted to be like and even better than Michael Jordan. He found nuance after nuance after nuance, new ways, innovative ways to motivate himself, to push him even further, even when he didn't feel like it. Countless stories and interviews all over the web, the archives of how much time he really put in in the gym, hours before games, hours after games, all night long, all morning long, the determination, the aspiration, the admitted gall to just go after it nonstop. You know, one of the funny commercials that were uh, was retweeted this week was the uh, kind of like the university or the academy commercial. Kobe is giving his his presentation and Kanye West is in the stands and Kobe uses this quote, be a different animal, but the same beast. And Kanye basically says, what the F does that mean? Kobe Bryant. And Kobe responded, you're welcome. And that just spoke to just the, I guess just like the, intention the in, just the intentional aggression the competitive edge the competitive spirit the relentless spirit the tenacious type of mentality that Kobe had the mamba mentality I don't know about you but I can learn from that I can learn to apply certain aspects of the mamba mentality to my daily life how to redevelop and refine and reconstruct different areas of my life to, well, be a different animal, but still the same beast nonstop. Kobe's impact on the game goes far beyond just the basketball itself or just the court itself. Again, it was the mentality, but it was the eloquence of being able to be so tenacious and so aggressive to want a goal to want that championship that olympic gold medalist that accolade but still have the grace and the love and the kindness and the generosity with his brothers on the court of all different backgrounds to be able to strike that medium it was it was impressive to watch. Again, growing up as a Maverick fan, I wouldn't say I hated him, but I it took it took a lot for me to learn and grow to like him. He was a rival. He was a Maverick killer. He was a killer of different teams, multiple teams. Multiple teams couldn't stand him. Multiple fan bases couldn't stand him at all. But then Later on in his career, there was a love and adoration that came from multiple fan bases, a respect of sorts that came from 
multiple fan bases. Sure, you had the Kobe-Michael debate every now and then, or more times than not. But uh, I don't know. I haven't been in a classroom or a office setting with the trash can and the paper ball and uh, the, the paper wadded up. I've never heard somebody shoot that paper wide into the into the trash can saying MJ magic no they say Kobe every time you saw somebody shoot a paper wadded ball up into the trash can they yelled Kobe with a fadeaway that's his impact that's the the influence that he had on the game One of the things most talked about in these last few days was the relationship with Shaq and the history that they've had goes far beyond anything you can think of with a sports duo or two two players that, that played on the same team. It was such a polarizing relationship at times. Dominant on the court, successful on the court when they won the championships, but just different, polarizing, and at times very, very rocky, to say the least, between the two. It was hard for Shaq to keep it together when he and the rest of the TNT crew did their special Thursday night. I'm sorry, Tuesday night. It should have been a Laker-Clipper game in that second game slot on TNT, but instead it was a special remembering Kobe special in the empty Staples Center with hundreds and thousands of fans outside making multiple memorials. Shaq was heartbroken because he hadn't really talked to Kobe. They hadn't talked in four years, as he put it. And what hit him hard also was his son had just spoke to Kobe the night before or the morning of, and Kobe sent a text to him. Just simply asking how how you feeling today. Another person in the league, another player that took it really hard was Kyrie Irving. Kobe was Kyrie's mentor. And when you have yourself a mentor... Very few often times do the does the mentee you know speak equally or even more so highly than the mentor. And the mentor, in this case, Kobe, returned that same adoration for Kyrie, stating in the interview that Kyrie is probably one of the closest players that he was closest to as a mentor on that level. And sometimes you just don't hear that from the mentor. Multiple players put up their 
posts on Instagram. LeBron and Carmelo and Chris Paul. <laughs> it was funny because in Chris Paul's message in caption, he mentioned Gigi and how there was already a a playful pre-arranged marriage between her and and little Chris. And it just spoke to how close of a bond Kobe had with multiple players. He even had love for the Euro guys for the Mavericks. Of course, first Dirk. They played up against each other for a handful of seasons. Back and forth they went. And Dirk earned Kobe's respect over time. And that wasn't always easy. Because Kobe put it like it is sometimes. More times than not. If you were soft, Kobe would call you soft. But he never called Dirk soft. Even though that was some misconception in the league that Dirk was a soft player. Kobe never thought that. The last season that Kobe was in the league, he was hurt on uh, one of the games that the Mavericks played against the Lakers. He was out with a shoulder injury, and the game was close, and Dirk hit a, a clutch shot at the end of the game right in front of the Lakers bench, and guess who was on the bench right there standing up, giving Dirk a pat on the back as he went back down the court? It's Kobe. Even in this generation's Mavericks team with Luka now at the helm taking over. And it's just his second year. Just a few weeks ago, at the end of December, the Mavericks had a game up there in L.A. And Luka really got to meet Kobe and Gigi for the first time. And Kobe spoke highly of Luka. Congratulated him on a great game, on a great season thus far. Gave him all the props. And then he introduced him to Gigi. So excited to to have his daughter there at the games that he would go to. They'd go together. It hit Luca the hardest because he had just met them. It was funny how he found out that Kobe and Gigi were there at the game because he was on the sideline in the game about to inbound the pass, inbound the ball, and he heard his native language from the stands, from the first row. It was his native language, Slovenian. And he turns around and he sees Kobe and and Gigi. And Lucas asked about after the game, how was Kobe's accent? How was Kobe's, you know, Slovenian? And Lucas said it was perfect. It was good. It just speaks to the versatility of Kobe and just in general, just how someone can be so in tune 
with everything and not be narrow-minded just about basketball because you love it. More so, more appreciative and full circle with life itself and basketball is just a part of it. That's how Kobe carried himself. But off the court, what he took most pride in was being a dad. It's what he enjoyed most. His bond with his girls spoke so highly of him. From Natalia to Gianna to Coco, all of his babies. All four of them. He was Gigi's basketball coach at his own academy, Mama Academy. And it was already arranged and set up and planned and dreamed that Gigi would play at UConn. When the news broke, UConn paid homage with a jersey, a Huskies jersey, right on the bench, number two, Gigi's number. The past few days, a number of personalities have spoken out, players, former former players, coaches, Analysts, broadcasters, they've all recanted their fond memories of Kobe. But the one that hits home the most, I know it does for myself, is ESPN's L. Duncan. It's likely that you're hearing many personal anecdotes about Kobe Bryant, so here's mine. I met Kobe one time backstage at an event for ESPN in New York, and I saw him and I thought, oh my gosh, that's Kobe. I got to get a picture for the gram. Hmm. That's the picture. I didn't get it for a few minutes because as I approached him, he immediately commented on my rather large eight-month pregnant belly. How are you? How close are you? What are you having? Mm -hmm. A girl, I said, and then he high-fived me. Girls are the best. I asked him for advice on raising girls, seeing as though he quite famously had three at the time. And he said, just be grateful that you've been given that gift because girls are amazing. His third daughter, Bianca, was about a year and a half old at the time. So I asked if he wanted more children. And he said that his wife, Vanessa, really wanted to try again for a boy, but was sort of jokingly concerned that it would be another girl. And I was like, four girls, are you joking? Like, what would you think? How would you feel? And without hesitation, He said, I would have five more girls if I could. I'm a girl dad. When it came to sports, he said that his oldest daughter was an accomplished volleyball player and that the youngest was a toddler, so TBD. But that middle one, he said, that middle one was a monster. She's a beast. She's better than I was at her age. She's got it. That middle one, of course, was Gigi. When I reflect on this tragedy and that half an hour that I spent with Kobe Bryant two years ago, I suppose that the only small source of comfort for me is knowing that he died doing what he loved the most, being a dad, being a girl dad. That's inspired an entire hashtag that's trending right now. Hashtag girl dad. That's sparked my inspiration 
and motivation. I'm a girl dad. I have two beautiful daughters, Nala Rochelle and Anaya Grace, and I love them more than life itself. I want to exude that same passion, that same devotion, that same love, that same grace. I want my bond to grow my bonds with both my girls because girls are the best to Nala and to Anaya I love you so much y'all two are the heartbeat the heartbeats of my life as I leave you guys with just a few more moments and a few more reflections I saw a post on LinkedIn and I scrolled past you know some comments and things like that but then I saw a post about the death side of this and I've wrestled with it mentally the past few days. I tweeted this out. I, I tweeted that this is tough, of course, for the families, for the loved ones, for the ones close that are affected. This also hurts for those who struggle with mental health issues or setbacks most notably dealing with the thought of or the fear of death so I saw this post and in it it's a screenshot of this person of this person's post and it says simply this Kobe's death proves to me that we truly never know when we will be called home and that I'm not working hard enough Kobe worked, learned, practiced, and was a champion 24-8. He left a hell of a legacy at 41. I'm not focused on 24-7. No, no more. It's 24-8 Mamba mentality. And what got me was a response in the comments. This person said, weirdly enough, I learned the exact opposite. Life is so short, I should rest as resistance to capitalism and enjoy each bit. I used to be afraid of death and have a fast life. Long days, several achievements, really young. Then I got very sick and then realized I hated all those achievements that in reality made no sense to me. All I wanted was the ability to be outside a hospital and dance and pee in a real toilet and write stories all day. I learned that I should take a life insurance policy out and that I should keep doing the things that make my soul glow. If hard work is what makes your soul glow, no shame in that. Work hard, my brother. That post stood out to me because both sides aren't wrong. Yeah, someone like Kobe, as determined as he was, he worked and worked and worked and practiced and he was always learning he was devoted to knowing more becoming wise and having knowledge and things like that there's nothing wrong with it 
but in that response learning the exact opposite to rest when needed to just celebrate the achievements of self-care and achieving greater mental and physical health taking care of your body taking care of your mind or as even Marshawn Lynch put it <laughs> taking care of your chickens both sides aren't wrong in that regard I'm sure even with the hard work and the countless days and nights and hours that Kobe put in in his, in his craft of being one of the all time great basketball players the devotion that he had at home to his girls he found time for himself he found time to rest and now he gets to rest internally I'll leave you with his a brief spot of his retirement speech how he again exudes his love for the game his love for his girls and he leaves with a life reminder for all of us. Thank you, Kobe. Your life will not be lived in vain. Players across the league will carry your name, what you stood for, and honor. Fans across the world, average Joes like myself, will learn just a little bit from you as we go on and we cherish life. Thank you again, Mamba. Peace. Walton can tip it. Bryant with the save. Oh, you gotta get a shot here. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Bang! Kobe Bryant has hit a shot at the buzzer! Kobe! Kobe! The Charlotte Hornets select Kobe Bryant from Lower Marion High School in Pennsylvania. If anyone has a good chance, this young man is blessed with outstanding offensive skills. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm twice as old as a kid, you know. But this kid right here, mark my words, is going to be unbelievable. Please put your hands together for Kobe Bryant. Thank you, Kobe. Portland has three timeouts left. The Lakers have two. Bryant to shot. You know, I sit here in front of you guys, furious at myself, disgusted at myself. For making a mistake of adultery. I know where you're going. You gotta get up quick. If you knew where I was going, why you go for the fake? Mike, after you fake the ball, where else you gonna you go? You left your feet. Yeah, but where else you gonna go? In the game, I go for you. I spun all the way around. I go for these ribs right here. He fakes the ball. I mean, you're not gonna get into the head of Kobe Bryant. No chance of winning when he's on the floor. You talk about a guy with an absolute killer instinct. The Mamba. <laughs> Strike him again. Elgin Baylor's Laker record. For three Ryan again going to work, falls down. So Kobe 
Bryant cannot continue. A 60-point game for Kobe Bryant. And, uh, and lastly, our daughters, Natalia, Gianna, and Bianca. You, know, you guys know that you know, if you do the work, you work hard enough, dreams come true. You know that, we all know that. But hopefully what you get from tonight is the understanding that um, those times when you get up early and you work hard, those times when you stay up late and you work hard, those times when you don't feel like working, you're too tired, you don't want to push yourself, but you do it anyway, um, that is actually the dream. That's the dream. It's not the destination, it's the journey. And if you guys, if you guys can understand that, then what you'll see happen is that you won't accomplish your dreams. Your dreams won't come true. Um, something greater will. And uh, if you guys can understand that, then I'm doing my job as a father. Thank you guys so much. I love you. Uh, Mamba out.